and thank you for joining us for That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, Michelle Kane with Voice Matters, and my co-host Karen Swim, the head honcho over at Solo PR Pro. But we are joined today by a guest, which we always love to have guests. We are joined by Rebecca Goodman. She is the Director of Communications at B Marketing. She's going to spill some tea about social media. Uh, Rebecca Mm -hmm. brings 15 years of experience in the PR and social media space. She has spent time working in-house and also at the agency level. She got her start with the Philadelphia 76ers in 2007 as their PR coordinator. From there, she grew within the company, taking on the position as publicist for the Philadelphia Flyers. You know that means she knows gritty, right? Um, It was in this position that Rebecca was able to take on large-scale publicity stunts and campaigns. Following her time with the Flyers, she oversaw PR for all events at Philadelphia's Wells Fargo Center, I Know It Well, before taking on a corporate public relations role with the company. Following that, she took on the position of PR and special events manager with the two Philly Bloomingdale's locations. But most recently, Rebecca has taken on the position of director of communications for B Marketing, which is a full service agency located in the Philly suburbs. And in this position, she oversees all content, social media, and public relations efforts that her team of six produce for B Marketing clients. So, we are thrilled to have you with us today, Rebecca. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for well, joining thank us. I'm happy to be here as well. And just to note, I was at the Sixers before the process was a thing and before oh. Gritty was oh. uh, developed. So I'm well, super old school. <laughs> you're still, you're, you're still kind of gritty, Jason. I, I'll, I'll give you credit for that. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little that's gritty true. obsessed, but that's funny. Oh, um, everyone loves them. <laughs> Who isn't, right? Well, right. thank you for joining us today. You know, as as we shared before we came on air, you know, many of our listeners are PR pros, clearly, also have a hand in integrated marketing on behalf of their clients. So, you know, we just thought we'd spend a little time chatting about, you know, gosh, what's new in social media? I know you mentioned that you're seeing that apps are using other app features to their advantage. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, I mean, I I always start a social conversation from a publicist lens as well, you know, knowing that it's funny, you know, you mentioned my start was in 2007 with the Sixers. And when I first started, Twitter was literally like first on the scene, like my boss at the time um, who oversaw all the players was like, oh, gosh, we have to start following them on Twitter now, whatever that is, you know, and it just shows you, I mean, in my you know, young career, I guess you could say the change that has taken place and how social media has so strongly impacted the role of a PR professional. I mean, we all know Mm -hmm. that, right? And it's just, it's a, it's, these platforms are just ever growing and ever changing. And that's something that, you know, I preach with my team constantly about staying on top of the, not only the trends, but also how we can utilize the different applications for our clients. So to answer your your question, one of the things that we're seeing has been occurring is that the different social media platforms are looking at each other and they're looking at, you know, what are different applications that they have, such as reels or video or whatever that might be. And they're starting to take them for each other. Like they're starting to use them on their own apps, whereas they might have started on another app. You know, Instagram is a good example of that. That used to be really mainly photo, right? And like, right. and really highly edited. And, and they have, you know, all these different 
ways to edit photos so that they look so perfect and so good, right? <laughs> and now, now the app is heavily using video. Um, really, what's not at this point? We all know yeah. everything is going in that video direction, right? You know, it's really it. That's really the best example I can give in terms of like reels. Didn't they used to not be on Instagram at all? That was on another yeah. platform, and then they. I don't want to say stole it, but, you know, they perfected it yeah. and then and put it, you know, as an option on Instagram as well. So that's one of the ways that, that we've seen a lot of change as of late. Yeah. And then and then TikTok came in and blew it all up. And oh, my gosh. Right. I, I yeah, I don't I don't know if I care, but I know sometimes I think, uh, does my client need a TikTok? Probably. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Well, and it's interesting <laughs> you say that, you know, we work with a lot of clients here at B Marketing that are B2B, right? And mm-hmm. so it's something that we've been looking at more so recently as to, you know, we don't just want to be there to be there. We want to be there to have the right. most impact that we possibly can. And so one thing I will say, this is a great pro tip for PR pros is that, you know, there's a lot of videos out there with companies that are utilizing the platform from a B2B perspective or B2C perspective where you can look and get an idea of what's working and what's, what makes you laugh or what makes you smile, you know, and you know, what, what do we always say? Not stealing, but you know, showcasing something that somebody else has done in your own way is the biggest form of flattery. We recently just saw a video on TikTok where it was so cute. There was different people coming into the office. It was like, you know, their start time was like 830 or something. And they filmed people coming into the office, but they didn't know that they were going to be filmed. And so it was really cute. It was like they had people who were early, people that were right on time, people that were a few minutes late, some very late. And they had <laughs> these like cute little clips above it. And we were like, oh, my God, we should do that for B Marketing. And we did it, you know. And so <laughs> I think I think especially for PR professionals who are looking to help their clients create a TikTok platform, do some research first, like look at different videos on the platform, write down some notes of different videos that you like, because that not only can you steal per se and use content in your own way, but you can also give you ideas for what you could do, you know, for your clients as well. Can you tell us with the apps really duplicating each other's features, it's it's really hard to tell them apart these days. And and there right. has been some backlash where you feel like the strength of a particular platform has diminished. So I know we all have our own ways on how we advise clients, but what are you, are you seeing that your clients are a little bit confused about, you know, where to really concentrate their resources and what are some things that we should be thinking through Because, of course, everybody doesn't need to be everywhere. And most companies, unless, you know, you're a large enterprise, can't be everywhere because you have to have a team to be able to support not just the content creation, but also the follower management. And you need to have, you know, crisis workflows for each of those platforms. So what are you guys hearing and, and what are you, you know, what are some tips that that our audience could use in, in terms of like, where do you prioritize? And, you know, is there a particular type of content that you really should be focused on these days? I think it's a great question. I think far too often brands think they just have to be everywhere, but they don't really have to be everywhere. You know, Mm -hmm. it's almost better to 
concentrate on one or two platforms that you can do well and the platforms that are best for your brand, as opposed to putting the same content on all channels, you know, and and just doing it to do it, so to speak. You know, I had a conversation actually this morning with one of our clients. Uh, We were talking specifically about LinkedIn articles because I brought that up as a suggestion to really help them in terms of thought leadership space, right? And, And so I think that's kind of where we need to think as PR professionals, you know, what are the different applications within each social platform that could benefit our client the best? You know, for example, maybe a client, you know, we have a lot of at marketing, we have a lot of home services clients that that do everything from painting to HVAC, you name it, carpenters. And for them, YouTube could be the best option. You know, there's so many videos on YouTube today with not only how to's, but tips and, and, and so forth. You know, maybe they don't have to be on Twitter, but they have a really strong YouTube presence. Right. So I think that that's really the best way to answer that. That question is really looking at your client's value proposition and, and what the messages are that they're really trying to spread and then look at each social channel to see which is the best platform to spread that particular message, you know, so that would be my answer for for that. And, and it's something that, you know, we do on a daily basis. And sometimes it changes too. And I think that's kind of the yeah. key, just being the eyes and ears as the public relations professional and, and serving as a social media expert as well, to really understand that it's okay if sometimes the platform might change, like something could work well for a while, and then you have an idea to switch to another, or you try something while you're still on another platform. And if it's really performing well, maybe you shift your efforts that way. Yeah, Yeah. that really is the beauty of all things digital that you can pivot quickly. Yeah. One of the platforms that I've seen diminish in use and a lot of brands have abandoned it completely is Facebook. Outside of groups, people just have left that platform in droves. Are you seeing any major trends and shifts in terms of people gravitating away from a particular platform, but increasing in another channel? I would say with the clients I work with the most, there's been somewhat of a shift away from Twitter to a point, but nothing crazy. But it's just, it's not, it's not something that we feel has as much impact for the, some of the messages that we're promoting for our brands. And we still do a lot of work on on Facebook. We do. We do a lot of work on Facebook. I don't. It's probably our our the majority of our client base for why that makes sense, where those eyeballs are. But thinking from a PR lens, you know, I think of it this way: when I'm going to make a pitch to a publication or a media outlet, I'm always thinking, what's the demographics? What eyeballs are on this particular outlet before I pitch them? Does this make sense for my client? It's the same thing with social media, you know? So no, to answer your question, I, it's not like there's one channel per se, or one platform that, that I'm seeing a major shift in the, what I am seeing the most shift in is video content, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that every platform is embracing. And it's something that we all have to embrace 
successful. Yeah. Video really does the job getting over that no like and trust threshold. And, mm. you know, I know I preach to my clients, it lets them get to know you in an easy way. And I don't know about, about either of you, but it always cracks me up that these personable, vibrant people, the minute you mention, let's do a, you know, gorilla video. And they're like, I could never do that. I'm like, yes. I had it this morning. Talking to a client this morning, and they're so afraid, you know, to do to do video. But I also positioned it this way. I said the world has changed so much, not just from a Zoom perspective, which has become so common, and people are just so used to seeing themselves on screen, but also the videos are so real now. They're not. Anything that you see, it's it's not as edited as it used to be. People want want realness. They want to see authenticity, you know. And I think that there's no better voice for a company than than an employer or an employee that works for that company. And so those are the videos that do the best. Those that's the pieces of content that does the best now in terms of engagement and sharing and and things like that, because we've become very conditioned to given content in that manner. And so it's really just like, to me, it's kind of like accepting the internet, (laughs) you know, and really, I think the best thing that we can do as PR professionals is to make our clients feel as comfortable as they can. Not everybody's always going to be comfortable with video, but the best that we can do to make them comfortable, just like we would for a TV shoot or so forth. Yeah. Where it's at. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So tell us a little bit about what you're seeing as far as brands getting into social commerce. I right. I know I have purchased gifts via an Instagram post mm-hmm. for friends. Yes. It's pretty magical. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really, yeah, social commerce is booming, but I think when you deal with a lot of B2B clients that are not in the lifestyle market and not, Mm. they're not selling a product, you know, they're trying to figure out like, okay, how do I utilize social commerce for what I do? Is there a place for me in this world? So Mm -hmm. what, you know, what should we be telling clients in that space? Well, so, right. If you don't have anything, if you don't have anything that's not, you know, that's not tangible, you know, if it's more of a service, that they don't really have place, in my opinion, there. It, it's really for the brands that do have tangible items that, that that they are selling. And the reality is that it's a great means to sell products. We see tremendous numbers in terms of products being sold on these social media platforms. And it's just, again, it's just like video. It's something to really embrace. I personally don't have a lot of clients in that space either, quite mm-hmm. frankly you know but it what we know and what we're following is that for clients that do have items to sell through e-commerce through these social channels it's something to be not only aware of but to look into for your clients because what happens is it's not it's like it's almost like if I go to Gap and I buy a t-shirt I can nobody else would know that I bought that t-shirt at Gap but if I share that I bought that t-shirt at Gap right. then all of my followers can can now see my purchase, you know, and, and essentially it becomes in and of itself its own promotion. And so that's where we're seeing this evolution similar mm-hmm. to just in general, how news spreads on social media. It's the same when it comes to, you know, e-commerce. Yeah. 
And there's so many ways now to advertise in affordable ways, you know, which is, is, is another thing to consider. Yeah. Especially as you say, in the home services field, I've seen that. I've seen the use of Instagram increasing with, you know, if, if, if it's not a video, it's a dynamic post with a call to action to learn more or sign up for a service. I think there's a lot of fertile ground there for businesses. I will say though, in the social commerce space, one caution that I would have for companies and full disclosure, I have a client, Sana Commerce, that just commissioned a big research study about e-commerce in the B2B space. And Mm -hmm. what they uncovered is a lot of unhappiness from customers. Mm -hmm. While it is a great tool, when done incorrectly, it could really hurt your brand. So saying, you know, it's, yes, it is a social media trend in using e-commerce, but it's really important to get the e-commerce components right. So you want to have a great customer experience. I've seen things in social Mm -hmm. commerce where it's difficult to make a purchase. For example, Mm -hmm. if you're on Instagram and I have to like really kind of hunt through to find out where to purchase something and then I'm Mm -hmm. some other link and it's not easy to check out. And then I have a poor experience there. I am either going to abandon the cart or if I really, really, really want that thing, I'm unlikely to purchase from you again. So right. as you're mm-hmm. thinking about your social selling strategy, remember that it is sales and that you want to do something that's a good and seamless experience for your customers because you could lose them. So just because all the cool kids are doing it, make sure that you're the cool kid who's doing it properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're doing more. Yeah, you don't want to fall into too many clicks syndrome. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm fussy that way too. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, I hate to bash a brand, so I won't say their name publicly, but a huge, well established brand that I order from a lot. They started to integrate some new features, and I thought that was great. And I tried to order this thing, and I thought I had successfully ordered and paid for it only to then, and it was. It was for a friend who was going through a rough time. And so I I really wanted this particular thing and I wanted right. it within a particular time frame. And I had done my part as a customer only to get, you know, an email saying, oh, we're out of that. Well, yeah. don't recommend something to me when you have this, you know, wow. shopping feature like for you and you're saying that you're going to walk me through this process. And now I pick something out that I really want. Don't have me buy it, pay for it, personalize it, right. do the gift card, and then tell me that it's not available. That's an e-commerce fail. Oh my gosh! Your no inventory system has to match up with what you offer to clients, and so that is one of the things that came out of that survey. Mm-hmm. By the way, that order errors and not having your inventory mm-hmm. synced to the sales process, which is bad. Oh, no, that is, that is huge. That is huge. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want that to happen for sure. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I think if anything else, we want to encourage our listeners to encourage their clients to, you know, try things in social media. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. and go in knowing that you can pivot and make changes and, you know, try new things and it's really not going to hurt. We promise. <laughs> That's the key. Yeah. I mean, because that's the only way to really find what really resonates for your customers, you know, and, and to see your engagement and stuff like that is, is trying different things. Even th- even when things are working, you know, to 
Try to right. spruce them up a little bit. You know, the, the best thing about social media is that it's social. That's what I always say. It's like, yes. you know, it is, it's, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be lighthearted to, for the most part, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's all about trying new things and some things are going to work. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Right. You, right. Know, People... you, just, you keep going, you keep trying new things because I guarantee yeah. something will work that ends up being worth the trial. Yeah, we agree. Well, gosh, thank you so much, Rebecca, for spending time with us right now. And we really appreciate it and sharing some good nuggets and just some great encouragement to try new things, to try social. And we hope our listeners let us know what you thought about it, share it around. And thank you so much. And until next time, thanks for listening to That Solo Life. Mm